because of Israel, Egypt was blessed. But they begin to, to blame and hate the children of God. They took their rights of prayer away. They took their way of worship out of the public system. Does this sound familiar at all? I'm telling you right now, God is shouting clear and precise to our senators and our congressmen, you turned your back on the God, on our money. It says, in God we trust. Our God is the reason for the money. Our God is the reason America is blessed. Now watch this. So when Israel came out, the reason why Egypt was blessed is because God's children. The reason why America is blessed is not because of Washington, D.C. It's not because of the White House. It's not because of Congress. The reason why America is blessed is because of you and I and our fathers and our grandfathers and our mothers and our grandmothers who made this one nation under God. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Every nation that's turned its back on God has suffered financially as as well as other ways. And so when Israel came out of Egypt, they had st- Egypt had stolen their religious rights, had tried to stop their worshiping of God and put God's people into slavery. And so when Israel came out of Egypt, they came out with 400 years of back wages. Now, what does that mean to us? If you're an African American, how old is America? How old is America? 200 and something years? America owes every African American 200 years back wages. If you're Hispanic, how old's America? Everybody's saying, well, all the Mexicans, we need to shut the borders. If they shut the borders 200 years ago, unless you got feathers in your hair, none of us would have been here. We've had African-Americans, we've had Hispanic, we've had Asians, we've had all these minorities making America great. We've had women who have been held down. Now they're holding the children of God down. And I'm telling you, God is getting ready to take the wealth of the wicked and pay you back 200 years back wages. Somebody ought to shout amen. And white people get to get in this. The church has been telling you, if you're really godly, then you're going to be poor. And I'm going to tell you something. We don't serve a poor God. We serve a rich God. And he's making it loud and clear. Wall Street is not Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Jireh, and when we return to him, he'll return to us. Somebody shout amen. On that day, 
I will raise up the tabernacle of David which has fallen down and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. Now let me stop right there. The church in the days of old was not a place of poverty. The church or the house of God, the synagogue in the days of old was a place of enormous wealth, incredible miracles, divine demonstration of power. God's people were so blessed that God had to say, stop bringing money, the house is already built. You need to get ready. Now watch this. And I will rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. When I open this up, boom, who says the calamity shall not overtake us nor even confront us. I want you to listen to me. What you're seeing happen in the world We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Do not say, well, what if the banks? Because our God owns the banks. Our God owns Wall Street. Wall Street's paved with asphalt. God's streets are paved with gold. And God is shouting out, you who have ears to hear and you who have eyes to see, see what the Spirit is saying to the church. This is a time that we need to get ready because God is showing the physical and next is the spiritual. I am going to start tonight an end time transfer of wealth. Tonight. Somebody shout amen. Tonight is the beginning of the new year. Tonight is the night in which you're going to understand something that has been, unless you've been with us any length of time has been missing from the body of Christ. The book of the prophet Hosea says, speaking for God, he says, God says, my people destroyed for what reason? Lack of knowledge. There has been things that have been hidden, one by God, one by man, that has been hidden until the end days when God would begin to open his window begin to pour out miracle power, begin to bring us back to the revelation. And the Bible says that generation that begins to understand these things, they will be the people of miracles and they will prepare the world for the coming of the Messiah. I believe that that is our mission here at New Beginnings in Dallas and those friends and partners that we have around the world. You know, in Malachi, when God says, return unto me and I'll return unto you, They said, how do we return? He says, in tithes and in offerings. That return this Friday night is called the Sabbath of return. Shabbat Shavlah, the Sabbath of return. This is the time in which God does something very, very unique. But if you read the beginning of Malachi chapter 3, he said, I'll send a messenger and he will begin to prepare the people. 
I believe that this church and this pulpit and this television program and this ministry that you and I are a part of, I believe we are getting to be, by the grace of God, part of being that messenger that will return the church world back to the teachings of God so that we can live under that open window of heaven. Can I have an amen? But the thing that I want you to realize, and I think the church world is going to begin to realize, is that you have to understand that our God is not a mean God. Our God is not an angry God. Our God is not what the church wants you to believe, that he's this this mean old man with a giant fly swatter just wanting to catch you doing something wrong so he can punish you and use you as an example. That's a lot what religion teaches because religion knows if they can keep you poor and they can keep you afraid, they can control you. But Jesus didn't come to control us. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, who the Son sets free shall be free indeed. And to know the love of God, not the anger of God, but the love of God is to understand God. Matter of fact, my Bible says that God is running to and fro, running back and forth, looking for someone that he can be strong in their behalf. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot is a wonderful example of the goodness of God. You know, we're taught, I've been taught that, boy, you got to watch out, the rapture will come and catch in sin and, and then you'll be left behind. But the Bible, religion tells you that. But the Bible says that God does everything to prepare us not to get left behind, but to get blessed. For the last 30 days, God has instructed, and we've done this here in our services, God has instructed the rabbis, the high priests, every day to stand on the cornerstone of the temple of God in Jerusalem and blow the shofar. People say, well, I've never heard that as a Christian, but we have. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm on my... Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Why? For 30 days, God has been saying, wake up, get ready. On this night... I'm going to write your name in a book of blessing that no man can erase for a solid year. He's not wanting to catch us doing something wrong. He's blowing the trumpet. He's sounding the alarm so that we know that on this night, God will put our name in a book of blessing Because he's not a mean God, he's a loving father, and it's the father's good pleasure to give you and I the kingdom of heaven. Can I have an amen? Amen. Read with me in the book of Exodus, a scripture that many people don't understand. Exodus chapter 32, starting with verse 29. Then Moses said, consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, that he may bestow on you a blessing this day. He didn't say, consecrate yourself to the Lord so God, so God doesn't punish you. He says, return unto God on this day. In every area, 
if you haven't been tithing, if you haven't been serving God, if you've been gossiping about your brother, if you've been angry and not forgiven someone, return unto me on this day, and I will return unto you and release a blessing that no man can erase. That's not a mean God. That's a good God. Then Moses said, Consecrate yourself today to the Lord, that he may bestow on you a blessing this day, for every man has opposed his son and his brother. And it came to pass on the next day that Moses said to the people, You have sinned a great sin. So now I will go up to the Lord, and perhaps I can make atonement for your sins. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have sinned a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Now, I want you to see two things here. And I, don't, and I know that I know that I know. It's not a coincidence that right now the secular leaders of our nation are in a panic. And the reason is they have forgot who made America great. And they have turned Wall Street and Washington and they have begun to worship a God of gold. Now gold's not bad. When Israel left Egypt, they went out with all the silver and the gold. It's only bad when we make that gold our God. And that's what America's done. We've forgotten that it's America is great because we are one nation under God and because he is Jehovah Jireh. No man, no woman, no business, no company is Jehovah Jireh. Only he is Jehovah Jireh. And if we continue to serve him or if America will return unto him, I guarantee you there are people who are leaders of business that are praying tonight that have not prayed in a long time and you know who they're praying to. God says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And there are people saying, oh, Jesus, help me now. Amen. So one is, and it's not a coincidence that tonight, actually Rosh Hashanah is two nights. It's last night and tonight. And but tonight is the night that we meet. And it's not a coincidence that we are meeting spiritually while they are meeting physically Because this is the beginning, without a shadow of a doubt, you need to look for an instant miracle. Now, it may not happen tomorrow, but it's not going to take three years of you building something or ten years of you building something that if you're ready tonight and if you're ready for the next ten days, then God will come and tabernacle with us until the coming of the Messiah. I'm absolutely convinced. But I want you to read verse 32 with me again. Many people have missed that. Moses is praying. He said, now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. And I want you to notice that the word your is capitalized. So this is God's book. Now, we've read this, and I've heard it preached so many times. 
And I've heard it preached that this is the Lamb's book of life. But it can't be the Lamb's book of life because the Lamb hasn't come yet. So instead of listening what doctrine tells us, we need to go back to those who wrote the book to find out what book Moses is talking about. On Rosh Hashanah, on tonight, God opens a book. Now, eventually, you and I, now, and I'm going to get into this in the next couple services, and I'll talk about it on Friday night. Someday, God will open a book, and he will say, is, his, is her name written in the Lamb's book of life? And then if our name is written, then you and I will have eternal reward forever and ever and ever and ever, and we will be rewarded for what we have done. Many believe, and I won't get into it tonight, but Passover was a rehearsal until the Lamb of God came. Shavuot was a rehearsal till the Holy Spirit came. And Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is a rehearsal until the second coming. Many people believe that because God loves us so much, he won't come unexpected. He will come during these high holidays of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and he will open the book and he will say, is his name written? Now, between now and Yom Kippur, we have seven days. When Jesus comes with the rapture, those of us who are serving God will be gone. Those who aren't will have seven years. It's a rehearsal. Then once the seven years, the judgment comes, he will reward us according to our obedience as children of God. That's exactly what this is all about. That will be forever. This, if he doesn't come during these high holidays, this will be the blessing that we receive or the blessing we miss for one more year. How many want to receive the blessing? So on Rosh Hashanah, God opens the book, and it's called the book of life and death. Now, someday it'll be eternal. But tonight, until next week, if he doesn't come, it's not eternal, but it will bring life or death to what he wants to bless in your life. So if we respond in a positive way, we will be blessed this whole next year. If we don't respond or nobody tells us, then even though he has a blessing prepared for us, we miss that blessing because our name is not written in his book of blessing. So God says on Rosh Hashanah, He says, I will open the book. This is what Moses is talking about. Israel began to worship the gods of this world, of money, 
more than worshiping, and they forgot God. And so God says, Moses says to God, if you'll forgive them, write their name in a book of blessing. But if you won't forgive them, then take my name out of the book of blessing forever. Also, not forever, also. Now, I love you, and I would be willing for a short period (laughs) to suffer a little bit so that you can make heaven your home. But I ain't going to have him take my name out forever. Amen? That's the book that he's talking about. It's the book that God opens on Rosh Hashanah. It's the book of blessing. And God will reward us this next year for what we did and didn't do. Now, listen to me. People may say, well, that's Old Testament. We're New Testament. Well, number one, it was never Old Testament, New Testament. It was all one testament put together until the church separated it. But Jesus talked about this. He's talking about his flock. And he said, some are sheep and some are goats. Say, what's the difference? Well, the sheep, when they hear the shepherd's voice, they go, yeah. But the goats hear the shepherd's voice and they go, yeah, but. And God says, I will separate the sheep from the goats. That's what tonight and the next seven days is all about. But God loves us so much that he blows the shofar. And then he has a holy service. And he says, have you been doing what I've been telling you to do? If not, then your name's not written. But I love you so much, I'm going to give you seven days to get it right. You say, well, pastor, what is it that that we need to do or not do? It's simple. Jesus told us, love God and love your neighbor. These two, all the laws are fulfilled. You know what's happened with the church? We've strained in a gnat and we swallowed the camel. Now I'm going to say this again because it's an illustration. Don't go out and say, oh, I, I, I've told you that people said, oh, you go to that church where pa- the pastor lets you smoke. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but we, we so emphasize something like smoking. Now, you ought not smoke. Not because it's a sin. It's not good for you. But you ought not eat meat, Big Macs every meal either. <laughs> say amen. amen. But it's not a sin. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We've strained in a gnat. Oh, we wouldn't smoke a cigarette. We've strained in a gnat, but we swallow the camel. We have people that wouldn't, oh, he smokes, but they gossip. They backbite. They treat their spouse wrong. My Bible says if I don't treat Tiz right, my prayers won't be answered. If Tiz doesn't start calling me Lord Larry, Sarah called Abraham Lord. I'm trying to be biblical. 
But you got to understand, you could be doing it all right. You could, boy, you, you wouldn't smoke a cigarette with his lips. But you gossip. You backbite. Maybe someone has wronged you and you haven't forgiven them. Could be your husband, could be your wife, could be somebody in the world. You haven't forgiven them. Jesus said, if you don't forgive them, what happens? I can't forgive you. So that's what Rosh Hashanah is all about. Love your neighbor and love God. How do we prove that we love God? Return unto me and I'll return to you tithes and offerings. See, the world has proven you tonight. You can't trust them. I'm watching all these guys trying to figure out where do you put your money? Now, I'm not making this up. I mean, these are guys that ran this thing and ran that thing, and all of a sudden, it's gone. And they're saying, where do we put our money? Where rust and moth won't destroy. Nothing wrong with having some money in the bank. But boy, you better have your bulk. Not on Wall Street, but Gold Streets. See, you and I, if you're with me tonight, or you're watching by stream tonight, you and I are ordained to have our eyes opened. Somebody is going to have the end time transfer of wealth. Might as well be us. What did Malachi say? I'm going to send a messenger and he's going to reconnect you. Now, I'm not taking any credit for that because God used jackasses before and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I do believe I am a messenger from God that 13 years ago, God opened my eyes and said, I'm going to teach you to reread the Bible through the eyes of a Jewish Jesus, not a Gentile Jesus. And then three and a half, four years ago, God said, I want you to leave Portland. I have a people in Dallas that will partner with you to take this to the world. Folks, how do you think we're going to get the world's attention? When they see the signs and the wonders and the miracles, that's one. But when they see the wealth of the wicked and 200 years back wages put into your hands, everybody's going to want to know what your God's name is. Amen? Now let me give you one more thing here. Remember when Malachi says, return unto me and I'll return unto you. They said, how do we return? And God says, in tithes and in offerings. And we know this, that three times a year, you come before the Lord with a special offering. That's coming up in uh, about two weeks or three weeks where we bring that third offering for the harvest for the next year. But think about, he said, I'll open you the window of heaven. In Hebrew, there is a word about what happens between Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, which is called Yeshod. It means a divine channel. It means a, a funnel or a channel 
from the throne of God to your personal life. If we've been gossiping or backbiting or holding back our ties or not forgiving someone or not liking someone because the pigment of their skin is different, then that channel is shut off. It's shut off. That's what Malachi is saying. Return to me. Return to me. I'll teach this Sunday. Put me back on the throne. One of the things a shofar does is announce the coronation of the king. That's what we did tonight. That's what we'll do Sunday. That's what we'll do next Wednesday, Friday night, which is the first Shabbat of the new year, the time of miracles. That's what we'll do next Wednesday, which is Yom Kippur, which is when God breaks every curse. He opens that tunnel up, opens that window of heaven, and pours you out a blessing you cannot hold on to. It's too big. It's too big. It's called Yeshod, a divine channel between God's divine power and your need. If you've gossiped, picture, picture a, 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 a tube. If you've gossiped, if you've backbit, if you've robbed God, if you've mistreated your spouse. So here's all this blessing that's been wanting to get to you this year. But we, we shut the window. But God says, blow the trumpet. Sound the alarm. Wake my people up. I'm going to open up the book. And I'm going to see. No, the name's not written as well as I'd like it. But I'm going to give them from this Wednesday to next Wednesday. Now, what does that mean? Remember when the Pharisees came and John was baptizing people in the River Jordan? He said, show me meat of your repentance. Don't just say you repent. Show me you repent. Well, the easy part is if you're not tithing, start tithing. If you've been gossiping, stop it. But if you've wronged someone, you need to call them. If you've hurt someone, you need to call them. I got three amens out of the whole crowd on that. How many want the tunnel open? How many want the tunnel open? A divine yeshod, a divine channel, his power, your need. If you've, if you've hurt your spouse, apologize to them. Now you can go, no, I'm not. Duh! How stupid are you? <laughs> Amen? It's simple. You know what I found out when I started studying Jewish roots? Religions made it real hard to get blessed. God's made it real easy. When I started studying Jewish roots, I found out, man, they've been teaching me to strain it in that and swallow a camel. You know how you get blessed? Love God. Love your neighbor. Somebody say it's simple to get blessed. 
Christians ought to be the most generous. The world is shouting. God is, excuse me, God is shouting to the world tonight. You put your trust in the wrong God. Isn't it amazing that they're meeting tonight? Now, I've got to admit, when I came out of the wilderness of Alaska and I saw what was happening, I met John and Luke and Brandon, and they said, man, have you heard about this bank closed, this bank? Man, my spirit jumped with joy. We're not panicking. Number one, I pay my tithes. I I pay my tithes. God will not let us down. But number two is you don't hang around with negative people. Even, even people in the church, oh, we got to watch it. We don't have to watch it. We need to get excited. What Satan's meant for evil, God's going to use it for good. Everybody else may be thrown into the pit, but we're going to the palace. We're going to the palace. But the other thing is, is love one another. Love one another. Be, Christians ought to be the most liberal and they ought to be the nicest people there is. Amen? Amen. Amen. You, 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 you cannot be stingy and be blessed this next year. But you cannot be mean and be blessed this next year. Okay, let me show you something here. Everything God does is physical and spiritual, right? Physically, the higher up I am, the more crowd can see us. Same thing financially. The higher you up are financially, the more people can see you. We, we, will, we cannot afford another depression. We don't want to go through that. Amen? We won't go through that. That's what that scripture when I came up says. It will not even come to you. We're not going through that. But at the same time, we can't go through God, we blew it, so God's got to raise up another generation. In this room, whether you're 15 or you're 50 or you're 75, in this room, we are the generation that is going to see the blessing of God. And so this is a night, this is a week, this is a a, a, a 10-day period, a 40-day period in which God is saying, choose. If you're a mean person, the day, the day that pastors treat their people are evangelists, treat their people, the pastor or the evangelist or the, 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 the ministry is to serve the people. The day that that man or woman of God treats those people around them wrong is over. What happens physically will happen spiritually. If If I think I'm better than you, I'm done. Because God cannot bring you and I up just for us to blow it again. Same thing financially. God cannot raise you up. People go, wow, look how blessed you are. And then, then find out you don't like people because their skin's different color. Or, you don't, or, or your marriage breaks up. We can't, have, we can't have any more people get blessed and divorced. 
we, we can't afford that failure. We can't have any more ministries get blessed and divorced. We can't have that failure. We don't have the time. The clock is ticking. And so it's simple. Be generous and be kind. Return to me. Put me back on the throne. And I and all that I am will return unto you. And I will open that window of heaven. I will open that channel of divine blessing that no man can stop. Are you ready? Give the Lord a clap offering.